Well, good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Littleton, Colorado. Today is Friday, November 5th, 2021. It's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter Working with Others. We're on page 97. We're reading that first paragraph that begins with, Never avoid these responsibilities, ending in occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. Just that one paragraph only. Today's Team Friday members are 12 Steps, Tens and P, 12 Traditions, Faye L. Readers of the text are Lisa B., Crystal P., and Katie G. Our newcomer greeter is Nancy C., and the second hour moderator will be Leslie M. The reference numbers for yesterday Thursday, November 4th, 2021, um, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is 18,030. That's 18030. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time was 18,032. 18032. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, and we are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. So what's our sole purpose? OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now welcome Tenzin P. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Tenzin. Good morning, Tenzin P. checking in from New York City to read the steps. So grateful. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless small inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us 
and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Wishing everyone a blessed day. I will now ask Faye L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning to you, Faye. Good morning, Jen. Thank you so much. Uh, my name is Faye L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, also in New York City. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, everyone. I hope you have a beautiful day. Thank you, Faye L. and Tenzin P. for being on Team Friday with us. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, and we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, you'll press star one to unmute, and once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study in the chapter working with others. We're in the big book on page 97, 
reading that first paragraph that begins with never avoid these responsibilities. I will now ask Lisa B. to begin reading. Go ahead, Lisa. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. My name is Lisa B. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in South Carolina. Never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you're doing the right thing if you assume them. Helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day, if need be. It may mean the loss of many nights sleep, great interference with your pleasures, interruptions to your business. It may mean sharing your money and your home, counseling frantic wives and relatives, innumerable trips to police courts, sanitariums, hospitals, jails, and asylums. Your telephone may jangle at any time of the day or night. Your wife may sometimes say she's neglected. A drunk may smash the furniture in your home or burn a mattress. You may have to fight with him if he is violent. Sometimes you will have to call a doctor and administer sedatives under his direction. Another time you may have to send for the police or an ambulance. Occasionally you will have to meet such conditions. There is so much here. So when I read the first few lines, um, be sure you're doing the right thing if you assume them. So the right thing is to share the message of depth and weight, that there is a solution. There really is a solution. And it's not about just the tools, you know, <laughs> that we use the tools to support us while we're going through the steps. I also need to share the truth about this disease. But first, I need to help them uncover for themselves if they really are a real compulsive overeater. So I need to share all of these things that I've found for myself, the right things that have helped me. And it's just helping others is the foundation stone of our recovery. And, you know, foundation, that's like what I'm standing on. And I've learned to stand on everything that the doctor's opinion teaches me. And it's sharing in the doctor's opinion that Bill's experiences as part of his rehabilitation, he commenced to present his conceptions to others, impressing upon them that they must do likewise with others. You know, and that is so important. And I learned that in the doctor's opinion and reading with my sponsor, you know, and I'm going to tie that in when it talks about a neglected spouse. When I first got recovered, you know, I could tell that my husband had a little bit of sigh of relief that maybe I wasn't going to be walking around so much with the ear pods in and on the phone so much. And I actually, I remember he was sitting in his big chair that he sits in and I got down on the floor on my knees and, you know, I looked at him in the eyes and I put my hands on his knees and I talked to him about my rehabilitation, that getting recovered is wonderful, but part of my rehabilitation, I must commence to work with others. And I shared with him, you know, what I do and why I do it, that my very life depends on it, that it's the foundation stone of my recovery. The other thing, it talks about the great interference. You know, this is a stretch. The disease of compulsive overeating and alcoholism is so massive and it's alive and well, even though I'm sober and abstinent today. You know, food was my solution. It really wasn't my problem. So my solution is to get out of self, have a relationship, an intimate relationship with the God of my understanding, and I do that also by working closely with others. And it has to be really a stretch. You know, it can't just be convenient and in my time frame and fit in all my little boxes. Sponsoring is like learning to play the violin in public. I can make screeching horrible sounds and people will go, oh, what was that? And guess what? I'm doing it all on display for everyone to see. And it's very humbling 
I learned so much about myself and my shortcomings and my weaknesses through working with others. And it's all done through um, intensive work. You know, it's just not convenient. And it talks about, um, you know, I may have to fight with them. Well, you know, I try to look at it as symbolic symbolic, because I don't literally, you know, fight with people. But sometimes I really come face to face with the disease, you know, I really hear it. And what am I hearing? Total self-centeredness. And I can get disgusted with it. But I remember I'm looking in the mirror at myself, that there by the grace of God am I recovered. I know I'm going to be running out of time here, so I'm trying to cover everything. But you know what? It's just by the grace of God that for this moment anyways, I'm not being that selfish person. So sometimes I do come face to face with it, but I don't want to walk away and discuss. I want to try and stay with them but then it talks about calling the police and ambulances and I'll just wind it down by saying I have to go to God in prayer I need to go to my mentors and ask can I be useful to this person you know there's just so much here in this paragraph but it's imperative that I work with others it really really is it's not just a an option a choice it's how I stay sane and recovered and I stay out of self with God's help so with that I pass I look forward to hearing everybody Oh, thanks so much, Lisa B., for starting us off. That was awesome. We value everyone's experience, and so we ask that you do limit your shared every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So who would like to share on what was read today? Rachel K. Reva P. This is Larry K. Reva Reva P. Larry K. Carrie B. Carrie B. We can take a couple more names. Press star one. All right. We'll get started with you for on the... Go ahead. Andrea. It's Andrea something, I think. Sorry, you keep cutting in and out. All right. I can't hear you. I'm so sorry. If you'll just dial back in, we'll get you on the next round. For the first round, I have Rachel K., Reba P., Larry K., and Carrie B. Good morning to you, Rachel. Where are you calling in from this morning? Hi, this is Rachel K., uh, calling from Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Go right ahead. Wonderful. Wow. I, I didn't have to press star one, but three times this morning. Hi, this is Rachel K. from um, Northern California, and Wow, is it odd or is it God that we are reading this um, this morning? And, um, yeah, sorry all the other hundreds of people who are on this call today, but obviously God had me read your comment on this passage this morning just for me. That's that's, that's how centered I am because this is exactly what I need to know, um, that Service for me, sponsoring, um, carrying the message, can't just be something that fits into my free time. Um, And free time, I say, with ironic quotes around it, because that is my biggest fear. Oh, my God, I don't have enough time to do this. I don't have enough time to do this. Wait, what? And then somebody else called me and wanted me to sponsor them. But um, And so I put it in my God box and was like, okay, I don't know if I... I should take on this fancy or not. And then I read this passage and it reminds me there, but for the grace of God, I was 
rescued by not only by my higher power by God, but by God with skin on, um, in the form of people who are willing to share their zero free time with me and crack open this book and say, I know it seems like this book doesn't relate to you, but here's how it does. And here's where step one is. And here's where step two is. And here's how you do a step 10. And here's how you do a step 11. And here's how you recover. And here is how, not just here's, here's a food plan, now go follow it. But here's how you develop a relationship with God. I know you believe in God, but here is how you develop a relationship with God that can solve your problem. So, you know, the answer is clear. I need, I can never repay that debt. Never, never, never. The only way I can come close to relieving that debt and to paying it back is by carrying the message to somebody else. Not just because I owe that debt and I will owe it for the rest of my life, but because I want to keep what I have because what I have is precious and beautiful and beyond my wildest dreams. I don't live a glamorous life. Um, I'm not a movie star, but it's yet it's still beyond my wildest dreams because the best I could imagine for myself was death. I mean, I, 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 I prayed, God, just please let me not wake up alive the next day. And today I don't wake up like that anymore. And it's, and the way I keep that is by carrying this message. Um, I know this is a little overly dramatic for a Friday, but truly, um, you know, that's how I keep it. And, and there's nothing that I want more than to keep this precious gift that's been given me. So anyway, thank you so much uh, for calling on me. Thank you, everybody doing service at this meeting. And I will pass. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks so much, Rachel Kay from California. Up next is Reva P. followed by Larry Kay. Morning to you, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P., Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto. It strikes me in the first three sentences, first of all, there's a never. So I need to pay attention to that. And it says never avoid these responsibilities. It doesn't say never avoid doing little favors, being a nice person, um, doing good things. It's telling me that this is a responsibility, that for me to be well, get well, stay well, Part of my responsibility, in addition to doing the inner work and steps you know, 1 through 11, it is my responsibility to be looking after the welfare of other fellows in this program. Um, and then I love the but. But be sure I'm doing the right thing. Now, how can I be sure I'm doing the right thing? Um, I could end up doing a ton of analysis and making a million thousand phone calls. Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? I think that goes back to the previous paragraph where it uses the word discretion. And I only can get discretion from a higher power. And I can only get discretion from a higher power if my channel is clear and I'm open to guidance. And I can only get that guidance if I'm doing the work to keep my channel clear. Um, so I don't always know what the right thing is. Um, but I ask um, and I get the best guidance I can at the time. Um, and then I love this business, you know, helping others is the foundation. Now, why? Why can't I just think about myself? Why can't I just, you know, like do a self-help? Um, because for me, 
I did that before in disease, and it doesn't work. The more I think about myself, try to help myself, do for myself, self, 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 the sicker I get. And it doesn't make a lot of sense, and it made no sense to me when I first came into program, um, but it works. And when I get out of self and listen to others, it's almost like a refreshing thing for my brain. It's just like a breath of fresh air. Um, so that's a great reminder. And, you know, all these things, I haven't experienced some of the extremes of the things that they list here, but I have been the recipient of people doing this, um, helping others, people taking my calls when it was so not convenient for them. And I'll never forget this when I had my first child and I was overwhelmed with motherhood and sleepless nights. There were about five women all experienced mothers who came to my house and we had OA meetings in my basement and one of them would soothe and carry my daughter and walk the hall as we were, you know, in our meeting and I'll never forget that and it was so selfless and they did it joyfully and happily um, and it really kept me going and kept me sane during those times and really the countless phone calls, people have been giving me lifts lately when it's not always convenient. Um, and, um, yeah, it's my opportunity when I can to give that back, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Reva P. Up next is Larry K., followed by Carrie B. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Jen. Thanks for your service. I'm Larry K. I'm a recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Oh, my gosh, I have such joy in my heart this morning. Um, you know, it says helping others is the foundation stone of our of our recovery. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm it's dark out here. I'm I'm on my way to the airport. I'm I'm headed out to to Dallas, and uh, some people are going to carry the message to me. I'm going to carry the message to them. That's just how we do things here. It's really cool. Then I then I when I, when I chimed in, I I got a text from someone that I hadn't heard from in a long time. He's on the line. Hey, I love you and I miss you and I can't wait to hear you this morning. That's the love we have for each other. I met this person at a, another retreat where, where people carried the message to me and I got to carry the message right back to them and it's really cool. And I get, I get to do that this weekend. And you know, what's kind of interesting is um, William James he used a metaphor that describes how we form our perceptions and how we make meaning out of those perceptions. And he said something to the effect that he said that, you know, each of us kind of sculpts our conscious experience from a, a block of unformulated stuff, right? Which, which could be carved in any, any number of different ways, you know, we get to carve it. So in a very real sense, meaning for this stuff becomes our own creation. We have a part to play in sculpting what recovery leads to us. And we get incremental insight, and it's experiential, and it's bit by bit. We become aware of new ideas. And why does this matter? Because at some point in the process of recovery, our heart gets infused with this idea of helping others as a necessity of our own continued change. It's not enough for me to simply come on the line each morning and put my nose in the book. It's great. But until I give this away to others, my recovery is tenuous at best. I've seen it in my own life. It's tenuous. Um, and, and, and we're the help until the real help arrives, right? The real help is in the divine. And, you know, we don't get to decide if someone's been helped. God makes those decisions. We show up with a humble heart 
We have a desire to help. That's our only aim. I don't have a clue whose perceptions will be changed or whose heart will be begin to heal or who will be moved to action. I met with uh, my sponsors in Chicago. He carried the message to me when I didn't even know him. It, 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 not even directly. He didn't know my heart. He didn't know he was planting a seed in me. I had no clue. And now he's, he's my friend. But I always remember that in God's hands, all things are possible. So I said, and I know God, here's my prayer. God, show me. Three words. God, show me. Because, because and God will, because God loves me. And you know what? It might sound corny. I'm wrapping up, Jen. God loves you, too. God loves you, too. With that, I pass. Thanks, Jen. You're welcome, Larry. Have a great trip. Up next is Carrie B., and then we're going to take another lineup. So before you go, Carrie, let me just allow folks to know where we're at in the big book. Today we're um, in the chapter, still working with others. We're on page 97, first paragraph that starts with never avoid these responsibilities. It's one big paragraph. We'll take Carrie B., and then after her, a list of names. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning. Um, so I had called into vision for you before, um, back in like May and June, when I was really just in my own power trying to do this all, just trying to make this make this happen. And um, have had a lot of humbling times since then. I joined OA a year and a half ago, um, but I only found vision in like May. But um, but I'm just I'm on the receiving end of this one. And I'm so humbled because um, there's just such a dear, lovely lady that when I first joined, reached out to me to make a newcomer call and so faithfully has reached out to me. And honestly, she doesn't even know it, but she, um, you know, called just when I was on the verge of like binging before at times and decided not to because, you know, oh, here she is calling me again. And sometimes I didn't even answer. And um Yesterday, I reached out to her, and she was just so zealous and passionate, and she's probably on the line and sharing about her strength and her hope, and I just I just made so many excuses on why I can't do that and why I can't do this. And in the evenings, it's so I keep turning to food, like Carrie in the morning and Carrie in the afternoon is committed and all in wanting to do this but carrying the evening is tired and full of self-pity and and doesn't want to call anybody who wants to be bothered by me you know and and I am actually gonna like take this advice that I received and add my name to a phone list um, I'm gonna try and stay to the top of the hour to share my number and name again with others because I need this, need this. I am like so raw in recovery and just so hopeless about ever being able to actually be free from sugar and its grip on me. But I believe in the power of I believe in the power of my higher powers, my Lord, and I believe in this community and I've seen the recovery I've seen what it's done for others and I do believe that God wants that for me and so hopefully you guys start hearing me more hopefully I start making more of a priority to call in in the mornings because I'm up I'm up early and uh this is a great community and I shouldn't be so resistant to embrace it and all that it's got and I just want to say thank you and with that I'll pass 
Hey, Carrie, before you hop off, will you tell us where you're from, please? Yeah, sorry, Carrie. Um, I'm in. For, I'm from Minnesota, and I'm. I, I forget if you guys introduce yourself as compulsive overeater, but that's what I am. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's perfect. That's what we do here. We're so glad you're here. Welcome. Um, it's great to have you on the line, and thanks for pressing star one this morning. Carrie B from Minnesota. She'll put her name out there later, and hopefully get on the phone list. You all can contact her as well. All right, so I'm going to take another lineup of names who would like to share on 97, first paragraph. Peggy. Peggy. Emily D. Uh Ross M. Ginger C. Ross Dara L. Ginger C. Dara L. Leah S. Christina J. Christina J. Who else? One more person in there. Angie from Massachusetts. Angie, thanks. There we go from Massachusetts. All right. So this is the lineup of who I heard. If I missed you, please forgive me. I have Peggy, Emily, Russ, Ginger, Dara, Leah, Christina, and Angie. We're going to get through everybody. Um, If you'll give me the first initial of your last name and the state you're calling from today, that way others can find you on the member list. Let's start off with Peggy. Good morning, Peggy. Hi, everybody. Can you hear me? It's Peggy. Hi, Peggy. What's the first initial of your last name and where are you calling from this morning? I'm calling from um, Flowertown, Pennsylvania, right outside of Philadelphia. And the first initial of my last name is S. And I just wanted to say that um, I'm really glad I hopped on the call this morning. And in terms of working with others, um, I've been really resentful uh, towards my daughter. Uh, she's anorexic, and I've, you know, been – she doesn't have a lot of energy, so I'm doing a lot of uh, the cleaning and walking the dog, and she she got a dog and everything, and um, she's always cooking. I know that sounds opposite, but – and when I listen to this call, it's like um, – I get angry that she has the opposite of the disease that I have. Like, I mean, the same disease, but a different form. But I get so angry. Um, But it's all about working with others, loving others, and being kind. And I have to remember that. And what a horrible person that she's going through this disease. And I'm angry that I, I have to help her but I can help her now. I'm working from home and, you know, stop being so selfish. Uh, you know, that's the addict in me being selfish. Oh me, I'm a victim. Poor, poor me. Um, who wouldn't want to do the best they can for their daughter? Um, so that's all I wanted to share. And it's all about being kind, um, saying what you mean and don't saying it mean and being kind and loving to the universe. Um, so that's all I wanted to share. Thank you so much, everybody, for being on the line. And thank you for the meeting. Thanks, Peggy, for getting on this morning. Peggy S. from PA. Up next, we have Emily D. in Chicago, followed by Russ M. in Philly. Go ahead, Emily. Thanks, Jen. Good morning, family. This is Emily D. in Chicago, recovered compulsive overeater. Oh, and just the shares have been so great this morning. Thank you, everyone, for showing up um, because that's what we do. 
we show up. Um, and I didn't show up. I mean, I, when it talks about avoiding, like never avoid these responsibilities. I've said this so many times and I'll say it for the rest of my life, God willing, that my, my sponsees have saved my life on at least six occasions when, you know, even in a recovered state, I have days where I wake up and I look at the ceiling and I'm like, Oh, not today. Like not today. And God disciplines me when I can't discipline myself. And this program, this way of living has taught me that on the other side of doing something inconvenient, like when my telephone rings in the middle of an episode of the morning show, okay, that when I pick it up, my life expands. When I do my nightly review that night, I don't have resentment as much then, right? So it's like this inconvenience piece. Um, I think so much of my life when I was in disease, you know, as the director, I was running the show. I now know, and God has embedded this still small voice of intuition in me, a year and a half into abstinence, it's growing, but it's still small, where it's like, pick up the phone, put your camera on at the meeting, share at the meeting, all of these invitations that are there. And there have been times, you know, maybe not violence and maybe not anyone needing sedatives in my experience working with others. But there are times where there is someone calling me where I brace myself, right? Because they're deep in it. And I know they're deep in it. And I remember calling my sponsor early on, you know, a year and a half ago and being like, and being a crazy person, right? My sponsor is, has a big job with a lot of responsibilities and she took my call either that or she would say you know what I can't right now I'll call you in five minutes she was there for me and she would say for fun and for free now I'm not sure how fun it was but it definitely was free and so it's like you know when people call and they're in pain and they're in you know suffering and I have a sponsee right now who's kind of in relapse like love and compassion right tolerance I'm here we're, you know, we're going to walk, we're going to walk into the message. I'm going to carry the message. I'm not going to carry you. And I think, you know, interruptions to my business, for sure. Interferences with my pleasures. So what, <laughs> you know, like, as, if I can show up for you, um, then I can get back to being, you know, having like the life that I have. It's, it's all intertwined. And I really believe, and I'll end with this, that this program has allowed me to experience happiness by giving happiness first. I never realized that, that my needs would get met by showing up for you. I mean, that is a radical idea to me. So I hope I never stop living this way of life. And uh, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Emily from Chicago. Emily D. Up next is Russ M. from Philly, Colorado. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, family. Russ, I'm recovered compulsive, compulsive overheater, marble mouth from PA. I'm try to, I'm going to really try to make it short and sweet. Um, this whole chapter, dude. This is the reason why I'm here on this on the line, man. Because somebody crackhead came into my my office and twelve stepped me. Two guys on a podcast that are on this line right now didn't know me planted a seed. So I owe 
I always say that, but it's true. What else can I say? Maybe I should stop sharing and just listen because it's the same thing all the time. Uh, somebody planted a seed in me. That's why on the inconvenient times and the times that, look, this is a hard way of life, but it's a fruitful way of life. And things, you know, you got to be inconvenient to be free, man. And uh, that's why I got to do it because somebody uh, poured into me to give me my life back. So that's where it comes from. You need me, I'm around. Lo- lo- love you. Have a great day. Love you too, brother. Have an awesome day. Up next is Ginger C, followed by Dara L. Good morning, Ginger. Hi, Jen. Good morning. Can you hear me? Go right ahead. Oh, great. Thanks for your service. This is Ginger C, a real compulsive overeater in Colorado. Um, I just love this first sentence. Never avoid these responsibilities. And never is a pretty big statement. And, um, you know, why am I here today not eating and not thinking about food? It's because of you, you answering the phone, you caring about me and my recovery. And, again, I just sit here in awe because the relapse I just went through was a flipping nightmare. And I can't believe I'm even back. I didn't think I would get back. How do you eat after you go to Virginia Beach and get the big book and have an awakening and have an experience? And thank God for that lady that took me through the work, that sacrificed her time. You know, she knew she was doing the right thing. She was going to cut that time out for me, and she was going to stand by me shoulder to shoulder as we went through the 12 steps because she knew the most important thing was that I get back to God. And I just love this because my problem is selfishness, self-centeredness. And helping others with understanding and tolerance, that's what we do. That's our code with patience and loving and understanding. That's our way of life today for those that are recovered and that's why we're here and that's why we really do go through the work many 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 are outside right now dying and not knowing even where to turn and I have an opportunity if I'm in a fit spiritual condition to have my hand ready to receive God's message and we will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows self-seeking slips away Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Wow. All I thought about was food in the past, and now all I think about today is you. Thank you, God. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Ginger C. from Colorado. Up next, we have Dara L. followed by Leah S. Hey, Dara. Hi. Thanks so much. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. In Philadelphia, and uh, this paragraph describes two things for me, Um, you know, what someone is like in active addiction and uh, what, as a recovered person, I'm expected to do and expected to be like. And, um, you know, I think about me um, because I'm always thinking about me, so (laughs) surprise, you know, but I think about me in this paragraph, and um, I was a violent 
um, angry and like hurtful and hateful person under the influence of food, um, and also under the influence of abstinence without without a, a solution that was God. You know, I was I, I did horrible horrible things, and people loved me and were there for me and could see past my disease. You know, I mean, I think about relationships where I swore at people and was like, F you, I'm done with, you know, because I just wanted them to leave me alone so I could binge and purge. And, you know, times when I I failed to show up for people, like not going to things because I was going to binge and purge or, or try using people to keep me out of the disease. I mean, I remember going to my mom's house um, before I got recovered and being like, you know, I don't want to binge and purge. So I'm going to stay here with you. And she was like, okay, fine. And then I would scream at her and I would cry. And I would like, I was a crazy person, um, jails, institutions, and death. You know, I mean, I have been, I've, I've been incarcerated. I mean, I've, I was arrested and um, been in institutions 18 times. And, you know, I, I just like no part of me in the disease wants to be kind or loving or gives a shit about anybody else. And, um, and so for me, you know, today, that's how I know that I've had a spiritual awakening. Like I, I remember my sponsor, my beautiful, wonderful sponsor saying to me at step one, you know, think how useful you're going to be to others. And I literally said to her, F others, I don't care. You know, I don't care about anyone. I just want to stop killing myself with food. And today, you know, I, I care. I, you know, I might not always have the heart of God and I might not always like be able to really, really feel it the way I want to, but I I show up for people and I get out of myself and I know that, you know, my disease wants me isolated, alienated and afraid and recovery is the opposite of that. And sometimes, you know, as a recovered person, I can look at people in their disease and think like, oh, you know, oh, like they're so sick or they're so selfish or whatever it is, but that's me. You know, I am that way, if not worse. Um, and so I need to remember, I need to remember where I came from and, uh, and know that I don't know where I'm going. I hope that my heart softens more and more and more because it's not always convenient for me and it's not always fun and I don't always want to do it, but, but I'm willing today uh, to pick up the phone when someone calls or to call them back or to give, you know, to give scraps of myself. Um, and uh, yeah, I can never pay back what's been given to me. And with that, I'll pass. And thanks so much. Thanks, Dara L. Up next, we have Leah S. followed by Christina J. Good morning to you, Leah. Hi. Good morning, Jen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Leah S., recovered and gratefully recovered in Brooklyn, New York. Okay, so here we go. Never avoid these responsibilities, but be sure you are doing the right thing if you assume them. Okay. So we're coming up against holidays, and uh, I remember coming into program, okay, I'll do it one more day. I'll do it one more day, and I'll be abstinent, but don't tell me about holidays, you know. Don't tell me when, 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 you know, when all the stuff is going around, and it's one after the other, and it just doesn't work that way. But right now, I'll do it. And... I learned, uh, uh, one of the responsibilities I learned is don't just, you know, let the water run and then wash that cup and then put it in the uh, drainer. Go wash that cup completely and see how it becomes clean and then put it in the drainer. Um, 
don't just wipe the uh, table. Make sure the place you wipe it is going to be clean. It's going to be fine. And the feeling you're going to get after that is going to be unbelievable. So here we go. I'm in a uh, at an event. I haven't seen family in a long time, and it wasn't so bad. And I was abstinent, and my phone rang, and I was just going to speak to another person, but I automatically picked it up, and I picked it up, and it was someone wanting to do a ten step. And I said, "Wait a minute, this is great," and I walk out of the event, and I do the ten step with her. And I feel so great. I feel like something happened to me. And then I walk back into the affair and I think, thank you, God. And what do you know? I'm coming up later on in the evening against the same 10 step that I was doing with the other person. And I said, wait a minute. Do I believe? Am I acting on, on my own responsibility? Do I not believe? And this program is just so miraculous. It's not about the food. It's not about, it's it's nothing at all about that. It's a way of life for me. And thank you, God, it is. And I hope it'll always be. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Leah S. Up next, we have Christina J. followed by Angie. Go ahead, Christina. Good morning to you. Morning, Jen. Morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of Washington today, uh, recovered by God's grace one day at a time. The daily question for me is, am I on the firing line of life, or am I just sitting around expounding about the glories of the program and talking about my BS with other recovered fellows in the program? Um, This isn't always convenient. Um, I recently went through a deep depression I didn't want to work with my sponsee that day. I had to take a fourth step. Uh, I did it. When I was down sick with COVID, I worked with my sponsee. It wasn't fun, but something in me did it because recovery in me today is bigger than the voice that says, you're depressed, you're sick, you don't have time for this, you don't have to do it. Um, Never avoid these responsibilities. What is in that sentence? The word selfish is in that sentence for me. Avoiding the responsibilities, making excuses is damn selfish. Uh, I like what someone else shared earlier. Doing the right thing involves balance, boundaries, discretion, and guidance from God. Doing the right thing. I've got to call into God because I have a big ego. I have an autopilot numb. These are two of my biggest character defects. Got to find out from God what is right in each situation. Is my ego going to heal, help heal this person and take care of them when they're sick or whatever? No, I've got to ask God. Um, helping others is the foundation. Why is it? Because it's love and it's service, and those have to be the foundation of my recovery. Have to be. Um, My sponsor always tells me a lot of times, I'm doing great recovery work, but sometimes I don't feel like giving. I don't always feel so altruistic. There's an ego hit around it. No one's clapping or cheering when I hang up the phone after service, but something in my heart is opened. The treasure chest of my life is opened during the call the accumulation of all my life experiences. I work with my protege steeped in the big book. God takes my life experiences and wields the wisdom through through his words and guidance through me. 
It's just something I can't even explain. And when I'm finished with our meeting, there's something in me that is opened and deepened. And I walk away astounded at how God is using the the bullshit I went through in my life and all the pain I experienced to help someone else. There are no, There's no mistakes for me. God brought me through all that and transformed it through his work so I could be one of his soldiers in this recovery work to help others. It's astounding to me. I have a true reason for living today, and it's not jumping up and down on tables and proving to the world that I'm special anymore. That's all but left me. Um, it, it's just astounding it's, that it's not about me anymore. It's about love and service. And, again, I don't always want to do this, <laughs> but I just put that aside and I just do it. You know, I, you just do it, and the gifts come. And uh, I love you guys so much. You've really brought me through a long journey since 2014, and I sincerely appreciate it. And thank you. I pass. Thank you, Christina J. All right, up next we have Angie, and then we'll have a few more minutes for others to share. So, Angie, could you give me the first initial of your last name and tell everybody where you're calling from today? Yeah, uh, F. This is Francis, and I'm calling from Marblehead, Massachusetts. Awesome. Go right ahead. A dear friend of mine, Bob, passed away last night, so I'm a little bit sad, but I feel that I want to share. I've never shared on this program. It's my first time, and I am nervous, but we'll do the best we can do. This program has given me the solution to my life, the miracle of being free of the bondage of food. The program opens the doors of hell and frees me. But you can only, you can't believe in it, but it doesn't work unless you do it. I mean, do it, do it, do it. That's why I'm talking today. I'm not completed because I find it difficult to share on the phone, but I'm doing it. You need complete surrender here. And I'm grateful for sharing this morning. Uh, uh, And what I'm learning and what I'm doing is to be honest, be kind, and especially to be giving. So I'm going to make it very short, just grateful to be here grateful I'm sharing this morning. Hope I can share again. And with that, I pass. Grateful that you pressed star one. Thanks, Angie. Good to hear your voice. We love your voices. All right. So we have a few more minutes. I can take two more people. Anybody? Crystal P. Linda D. Crystal and Linda. Awesome. So I got Crystal P and Linda D. That's probably all we'll have time for. Um, So go ahead, Crystal. Hi, good morning. This is uh, Crystal P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Toronto, Canada. Um, when I was reading this paragraph, what I realized was that this is actually what my life looked like before I came into program. I was always running around to hospitals, and as people were calling my phone at 3 a.m., and I would volunteer in all these different places, and I was just like the, a regular Mother Teresa. You know, everybody, um, I, I had to help everybody, including people I was not qualified to help and um, what I've come to realize, like coming into program now, is that my motives were all wrong in helping them. The only reason I was helping them was so that other people would think I was helpful. It didn't matter whether I was helpful or not. What I wanted was the reputation of being helpful. I used a lot of people that way. And for me, you know, it says we don't avoid these responsibilities, but we make sure we're doing the right thing. And for me, doing the right thing is having the right motive and doing it with sincerity. Um, asking God when I get on the phone with another compulsive reader, please help me to be helpful to who you want me to help in the way you want me to help. And today I actually don't do a lot of that 
I focus all of my love and my effort on my family and my loved ones and other compulsive overeaters because I realize that anyone can help other people, but I have been given a specific gift, a specific mission. God has given me the miracle of recovery so that I can carry this message to another compulsive overeater because I have my, there might be a compulsive overeater out there who, who my story will speak to, and that's my responsibility and my mission that he's given me. So I focus all my time and energy on compulsive overeaters and, and my loved ones and my family. And because of that, I can, I can do this work with sincerity, and I can go to God and say, please show me where I can be most helpful and how I can be most helpful instead of just trying to, you know, um, sort of make, just, just focus on my own reputation. Thanks for letting me share our talk. All right. Thanks, Crystal P. from Toronto, Canada. Linda D., you're going to take us out. You have three minutes. Go right ahead. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. So thrilled to be recovered in Connecticut. I come to this meeting because I have to come to the truth every day. I choose to do that because it's saving my life. I have a deadly disease. There's no way out. Nothing intellectual is going to work. It didn't. The only thing that saved my life is a relationship with God, the very last word I ever wanted to hear. And now it's my favorite word. And um, the thing about it is I'm either going to come from a place of fear each day or I'm going to come from a place of love. That's what you all are teaching me and helping me to learn. I'm healing from a disease. It crippled me, it leveled me, and it takes a long time to heal. And I'm healing. I'm a miracle, and I know it. And, of course, I don't want to always be convenient. You know, it's not always. Of course it isn't. And, of course, sometimes the phone is a pain in the ass. Too bad. Pick it up if you possibly can. Or get back to it. I'm not the savior, but I'm an example, and I'm more than willing to do that. I love you very much. I really do. And you, it isn't corny to say that you're special. You are. God loves you, and so do I. And that's true. Larry was right. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Linda. All right, Linda D. Okay, so... We're going to end about a few seconds early, but I think that's good. It's been an awesome meeting. Thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you all for attending on the line if you're here this morning. So please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And if you're like me and you couldn't take enough notes this morning because there was so much good stuff and you want to go back and listen to the meeting again, here's the share ID for today. Friday, November 5th, 7 a.m., the meeting ID number is 18,036. That's one eight zero three six. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page one sixty four, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will my friend Crystal Crystal P please read a vision for you, Crystal? Good morning, Crystal P, recovered compulsive reader from Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. 
This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.